The biggest challenge, especially with what we've been through, is having a generation of kind of lockdown children. Horrible term, I know, but I think it's a difficult balance to strike for parents to not necessarily force their children to get out and about, but it's almost how can I make it fun, even sort of with their homework if they're struggling with something. This is more my eldest daughter, Izzy, but if she's doing I don't know, math homework or whatever it might be, and she's finding it challenging and I'm helping. We'll have a break and maybe we'll go outside into the garden and we'll do some, just even if it's a physical activity break, or we'll try and weave some maths into some physical activity. Or if it's a some counters that she needs to get at the end, and then we'll do some maths that way. So not necessarily that you need to do it at that level with gamification, but it's almost what makes your child tick. Whatever they love, This is the Ginny Bubble Podcast. Ideas and tips for the grown-ups in the lives of kids, mainly kids in the 4 to 11 age range. I'm Suzanne Hazelton, a positive psychologist and author of Great Days at Work. Until now, my work, research and interest has been coaching adults in business. However, it's been a long-held ambition to enable more children to thrive. Since lockdown, I've been jolted into turning this ambition into a reality. I'll be chatting with guests who will provide tips to better enable our children to thrive. Welcome to the Genie Bubble podcast. Today, I've got with me Ben Kirk. Ben is a dad of two girls, a former PE teacher and founder of Inspired Schools, an organisation that Ben has set up with a vision to raise physical activity in primary age children. Ben, that was a quick introduction from me. Do you want to say a little bit more about why you set up Inspired Schools? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. But yeah, I can certainly expand a little bit. And thank you for having me on. A real pleasure to be with you today. So yeah, Inspired Schools, it was founded, as you say, by myself and my business partner. Inspired Schools has different arms to it, really. We started in primary schools delivering PE lessons specifically during PPA, planning, preparation and assessment time. And that started in 2013. As you mentioned, I am a, a PE specialist, a PE secondary school PE teacher. And that is what I came out of in 2013. I, I kind of fell out of, of love with not necessarily the profession, but the workload that went with it. I was balancing that with playing semi-professional football at a relatively good level for Western Supermare in the in the Conference South. Uh, my wife was pregnant and our first child was on her way. And it just kind of came to a head where I was doing all of, the, all of these hours. I didn't want to finish playing football, but I still had this passion for working with young people. And I had been working in secondary, as you mentioned, and got back in touch with a lot of primary schools that I worked with when I finished my undergraduate degree. And luckily, there were enough hours there for me to jump back into primary schools just by myself initially. And yeah, just start delivering PE in primary schools, which is what I did prior to that uh, eight years yeah, before going back in in 2013. And within that period of time, that eight year period, I just noticed a real change in primary school PE. And it wasn't that PE was, was bad by any means, but I just noticed that there was a physical activity level drop off. Uh, and also the physical literacy of the children that were starting primary schools for four and five-year-olds. What do you mean by physical, the, the literacy regards to physical activity? Yeah, so it was kind of fundamental movement skills is what we kind of call it. And by that, I mean, 
the ability for children to jump, to hop, to skip, uh, maybe to catch beanbags, maybe to balance on one leg, core stability, those types of things that I take for granted, really. I certainly did when I was growing up. And I suppose, given my background of being sporty and my daughters now being four and six and, and them both leading very active lifestyles, their physical literacy is very good when they started primary school. And my youngest starts in September and she's very agile. She can run, she can change direction. So all the things that coming from a sporty background, like I said, kind of take it for granted, really. But that's something that's a big part of our lives. Not that either of them play sport yet, but we're out and about, we're active, we go for walks, they're, they're constantly running around. So they build up those core stability, that muscle strength and those those fine motor skills that they get from doing those things without actually practicing anything, but just being active. And yeah, as I said, I started in 2013. I didn't harbour any ambitions to certainly be where I am now, but it was just a case of I wanted to come out of secondary schools. I knew that much, mostly from a work-life balance, really, point of view. and. It wasn't until sort of some years later that we actually did more about it as a company. And in 2013, my business partner joined me in 2014, uh, and we gradually picked up additional schools for our our coaching side of things. But it, again, it was never really right. Let's get to X amount of schools and X amount of hours of delivery. It was just a natural progression because of the level that we were delivering at, being a qualified secondary school teacher delivering into primary schools. I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's certainly not common. So it, it just got to a point where more schools wanted me than I could deliver myself. And that's when the business started, I guess. And Inspired Schools, we took on the name Inspired Schools only last year. Our first product, other than the coaching, which I'm sure we'll go into more detail, is Inspired Playgrounds. And that was piloted in 2017 may have turned 2017 we got our first school on board and realized that actually that's just one product the inspired playgrounds and we have more more to offer than that so we, we took on the name inspired schools with the coaching with the playgrounds being two of our products that uh, that we deliver into schools cool. so that's a very brief overview and as you rightly mentioned our vision is to raise physical activities in primary schools, even the PE lessons that we deliver. We pride ourselves on them being very active lessons, even gymnastics and not necessarily dance, but indoor lessons that perhaps children aren't as active as they would be outside. We, we try and keep the activity levels as high as possible and, and have little activity breaks within those lessons just to get the heart rate up and, and to get those children active because, as I'm sure you're aware, for some children, that will be the only activity that they get during that day, possibly during the week, during the PE lessons. So yeah, that's a bit about us. That's super inspiring. When we spoke before, um, you said how many schools were involved, and I was quite blown away by that. So how many schools are you working with now? Yeah, sure. So on the coaching side of things, which is very based in Somerset, we don't deliver the coaching outside of Somerset yet. So we deliver into 32 schools across Somerset. There might be a couple more than that actually now. And the Inspired Playgrounds, as I mentioned, which started in 2017, we're now up to 64 schools and that's more countrywide. However, we do have a, a very strong presence here in Somerset with, of those 32 schools that I mentioned, I would imagine the percentage is around 90% plus that have an Inspired Playground in their school. So yeah, our ambition is to really grow this across England and the rest of the UK as well. 
Those figures are quite astounding, really, how quickly you guys have grown, which I guess demonstrates that there is a need for it. That I think when we spoke before, you sort of said some teachers in primary are not really interested in delivering some of the active side of the curriculum, which I guess is where you guys come in and offer your specialist knowledge. And also, do you want to say a few words about your inspired playgrounds as well? Yeah. And again, just to quickly touch on what you said there around teachers not being as comfortable with PE. I think it's around four hours. It varies on on provider or maybe one day of training on PE and how to deliver PE lessons in primary schools during a a primary school teacher's PGCE year. So as you can imagine, the amount of time spent in a year on PE is, is very minimal. You do get obviously some teachers that love PE and it's a real passion of theirs, but it isn't very common. So that's kind of where we come in, as you said. And an inspired playground is a set of playground markings. So it's markings that we've designed ourselves. There are five fitness stations that go onto the school's playground. We're not playground installation company specialists by any means. We have a, a team that go in and, and do that side of things and actually do the installation for us. That's not our specialty by any means. The way I describe that for people that don't know what an inspired playground is, as I said, it's those five markings, but it's very much our kind of vehicle, if you like, for getting those children active. And then once the playground's installed, that's where our specialty really kicks in, that we go into the school and we deliver a a really comprehensive training program to the teachers, but mostly the sports leaders who tend to be year five and six children. For those people listening that don't know how old that is, that's nine, 10 or 11 year old children. We work with them really closely on the day and we work with them on the playground markings, how to use them, what different activities they can do, how, well, certainly at the moment with social distancing, how they can use those markings without using any equipment. As I said, there are five stations Every station has got six elements to it. So your average class of around 30 is instantly socially distanced on those markings, which three years ago wasn't our intention, but it worked really well for our coaches that do have access to an inspired playground at the schools that they deliver in. So going back to the leaders, by the end of the day, they have a really comprehensive understanding of, of what they can do on the markings, how they can set different challenges, how they can incorporate equipment if they want to. One of the biggest battles that schools have with sports leaders and running sessions at lunchtimes is there's some brilliant sports leader training out there, but it falls away when the leaders are expected to go out and create their own games. Or yes, we want to give them ownership on it over being a leader and running their own sessions, but sometimes they need a framework to operate within. And that's what an Inspired Playgrounds does for those leaders. And to be honest, they then run the programme for the school. The school will create a rotor for who's doing what on which days. But then the leaders are out there on the playgrounds at lunchtimes, usually, sometimes at break times as well. And they're running sessions for children that can either drop in for schools that are potentially a little bit smaller, village schools or town schools with 200 children. They can drop in, drop out of the session. For big schools that are three, form entry, maybe even four, form entry, those schools tend to create a timetable of who can use the playgrounds at which lunchtimes. And most schools have a really good idea of which children they need to target and which children need to be doing more physical activity in school, as I mentioned earlier. Those children that live in potentially flats that don't necessarily have as supportive parents as other children would have. They don't get to access after school clubs. They don't get to access clubs that are run outside of school. So they really need to get their minutes in during the school day, those 30 minutes that's required by the school to provide for those children. 
it sounds like this is win-win for everybody. It sounds like it's win for the teachers because most of them don't like getting involved. It sounds like it's win for the young leaders because they get an opportunity at leadership of motivating others, all, as you say, within a safe framework that they can operate. And it sounds like it's a great for the younger children who get to do the activities that keeps them fit and sets them up for hopefully a more of a lifetime of healthy activity. I'm just wondering, have you got any particular success stories you can maybe share about maybe someone who's sitting on the sidelines, one of the youngsters, or maybe one of the leaders that you maybe can talk about for a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot too that stand out for me. There was a a young boy at one of our schools who was doing some work with one of our coaches actually on our playground. And this boy struggled in school, struggled struggled in the classroom. I think he was in year one or year two at the time that we started started working with him and he did a lot lot of core stability work with our coach that was in the school so he did a program with us for a whole term his teaching assistant his one-to-one came out with him as well and got involved herself and the lovely thing about this story is is this boy really struggled with his handwriting and if I'm brutally honest I didn't know about the link between handwriting and core stability at this moment in time But his handwriting, and we've actually got a picture of his handwriting before the work that we did with him and after, and you can really clearly see the improvements that he's made. Wow. Yeah, and he lived with his grandma, looked after him, and he was actually able to ride his bike without stabilizers sort of during or towards the end of our block of work with him, which for him, the handwriting thing was great for the school. But for him to be able to ride his bike, that was an, an amazing thing. And his grandma was was over the moon with that result, really. Oh, and I bet he was so chuffed with it as well. <laughs> well, exactly. And I don't know if he's got any siblings. It wasn't a school that I actually worked in myself. But you can imagine the kind of pride that he would have had being able to show off to his friends or his younger siblings or older siblings to say, yeah, I can actually ride my bike now without stabilizers and have that bit more freedom potentially when he gets a bit older to to be able to go out with his friends and go and meet up on their bikes and do all the things that I used to love doing when I was a child. That's brilliant. And you said until you heard that story, you hadn't come across the link between handwriting and course stability. Have you seen any research on that subsequently? Yeah. So as part of the book that I'm writing at the moment, it's one of the chapters that I talk about around that work that we did with him. And yeah, it's common knowledge in schools. Obviously, it must have missed me. Maybe as a PE teacher, it wasn't something that I was uh, <laughs> I was made aware of. But yeah, it, it's certainly something that, that teachers, especially reception and, and year one, they're very aware of it. And hence why PE is, is so important. And it doesn't even need to be as structured as the work that we did with that boy. It can just be ha- doing PE lessons. So you mentioned earlier about teachers not necessarily being comfortable delivering PE. And unfortunately sometimes what happens is they don't deliver as much PE as as they perhaps should and when you start to take into consideration how long it takes for children to get changed before or at the start of the lesson and at the end of the lesson children should get two hours a week of PE but in the early years year one maybe year two as well those those that hour can easily become 30 minutes when you start to work in that changing time it might for some children be the first time that they are expected to get changed on their own without parents helping them. 
So the other case study that I was going to mention, I'll mention it briefly, a good friend of mine uh, who I went to school with, actually, when I started back in 2013, I won't mention the school, but I went back into the school and um, it was actually one of the reasons that sparked, I guess, Inspired Playgrounds and the amount of children that didn't enjoy PE and I just could not get my head around it. I'm a firm believer that every child enjoys being active and enjoys being outside and they just love running around and I think it's a learned behavior early in their life whereby it might be pushed on them by parents potentially or I certainly have seen parents putting their own views onto the child in different situations I completely agree so I could just see that kind of happening at this school and the children would just disengage with it there were lots of non-doers they didn't necessarily bring their kit in and it was a choice that they were purposely either forgetting their kit or they'd say that they didn't have it when in fact it was in the in the cloakroom they just didn't want to do PE so very quickly the parent I mentioned before who I went to school with she actually pulled me to one side and it was almost like an apologetic oh my my daughter doesn't she just doesn't really engage with PE and and again, I've written about her in my book. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. I can guarantee that I'll turn her around. And uh, I think she was in year two or year three at the time. Again, going back a few years now. And the lovely thing for me was that she started coming to after school clubs. She started really engaging with PE. And it was only through me tweaking the lesson slightly and differentiating who she was playing with and against rather than you know, big match of 10 versus 10 football where the same four or five children would do the majority of the passing and dribbling and shooting and scoring and and the rest are kind of left out. So just with a few simple tweaks of her doing two or three versus two or three and playing with her friends and against children or, and with children of similar ability to herself, she just started to thrive and really enjoy it. And her mum, I don't think she'll ever forgive me, but I think it was one of her relatives that had a wedding and she refused to wear a bridesmaid's dress. She wanted to wear shorts to the wedding because she completely got wrapped up in this like sport and she just loved it, which for me was lovely. <laughs> for mum, it wasn't. wasn't <laughs> what a great, great example. So through a couple of little tweaks of changing the group size, the people who were in that group, who the group was playing against, you were able to transfer from somebody's experience. And I'm sure it's more than one person. I'm sure your organisation have touched many, many children. Yeah. The tweaks that we make as a company aren't groundbreaking stuff. It's not rocket science. We pride ourselves on being really inclusive and trying to provide high quality PE to, and physical activity to all children and so that they can all access it and all fall in love with a sport or physical activity. There's some really interesting research out there around the percentage of adults that play the most popular sports at school, your football, your netball, your basketball, cricket, etc. is actually really low. And most adults now take part in jogging, cycling, swimming, so for me, that's really interesting that well, adults are starting to pursue healthier lifestyles, but it's not through the sports necessarily that we're delivering into primary schools. So to us as a company, it's trying to help children or to inspire children to find something that they love. It's can I access sport? Can I access, can I go for a jog? Can I swim? Can I run? Can I find enjoyment in something that I can do with my friends? The message of your organisation certainly inspired me. And I'm just wondering if you've got any tips for parents, carers to get their kids more active. 
where would you say to start and maybe a couple of tips of how to progress that? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest challenge, especially with what we've been through, is having a a generation of of kind of lockdown children, if you like, and horrible term, I know. But I think it's a difficult balance to strike for parents to not necessarily force their children to, to get out and about, but it's almost how can I make it fun, even sort of with their homework, if they're struggling with something. This is more my eldest daughter, Izzy. But if she's doing I don't know, math homework or whatever it might be, and she's finding it challenging and I'm helping. We'll have a break and maybe we'll go outside into the garden and we'll do some, just just even if it's a physical activity break, or we'll try and weave some maths into some physical activity. Or if it's a, a number problem, I might set up an obstacle course in the garden and have some counters that she needs to get at the end and then we'll do some maths that way. So not necessarily that you need to do it at that level with gamification, but it's almost... What makes your child tick? Whatever they love, whatever they would do without being told to do. Everything that we do as a company and I do as a parent as well, I just try and centre it around fun and just making it fun. It doesn't have to be structured. You don't have to try and teach them how to catch or how to kick a football or how to shoot a netball. Just make it fun and put that at the centre of everything you do because ultimately if children enjoy what they do or are doing, they're going to, going to want to do it again and more of it. If they're active as a result of that, then, then fantastic. Brilliant advice to link the activity to something that they're interested in. I certainly know my daughter's interested in Paw Patrol. It's She's yeah. not going to My Little Pony, but Paw Patrol is the thing. So to perhaps link the activity to something to do with Paw Patrol. I had a little look at your website and uh, I can see that you've got some little videos on there. Do you want to give people the link to some of the videos where they can see for themselves about some of the Inspired Five activities that Inspired Schools have got? It's YouTube Inspired Schools. Inspired Schools. Super. And you've mentioned your book a couple of times, Ben. When can we be expecting to see that? Well, that's putting the pressure on now. (laughs) Uh, So my target is to, I want it written by the end of next week. I'm about 5,000 words into the book. I want to get it out as soon as possible, especially off the back of the pandemic. I, I really believe that PE and physical activity is going to be crucial not just for physical activity levels and physical health, but, but but mental health moving forwards. For children, quite a few schools that we work with, I mentioned sort of blocks of flats earlier. That's not to say that everybody who lives in a block of flats isn't active, but I know a lot of our schools have had a lot of safeguarding issues and a lot of mental health issues with the children that have been going in. So I think physical activity and PE is going to be a really useful tool Absolutely. So if people want to find you, find a little bit more information, you said that they can find you on uh, inspiredschools.co.uk. Any other ways to reach you, Ben? Yeah, to find out more about what we do as a company, inspiredschools.co.uk is the best place to go to see our products, Inspired Playgrounds, Inspired Five, etc. We also have a Facebook page, inspired schools again we've also have a a facebook group for teachers mainly so that we sort of put help tips and and helpful stuff on there we share good practice between all of our schools within our group but we also yeah share success stories like the ones that i've mentioned on our, our facebook page so across most social platforms we are inspired schools me individually ben kirk i'm on linkedin instagram et cetera. Et cetera. so yeah well thank you so much for coming to talk to us today about the importance of activity and some of the things that 
we as parents can do to get our kids more active. I'm going to be going and looking for your Paw Patrol videos now and uh, <laughs> yeah. getting my daughter outside, having put her in front of a screen for an hour while uh, while chatting to you. <laughs> there you go. You have to let me know how it goes with the Paw Patrol battleship game. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Suzanne. Cheers. You've been listening to the Genie Bubble podcast. We're online. Find out more at geniebubble.org. Have a great day.